Hello, I'm Taj, digitally known as Tropic Vibes, the host of Nifty Business, where we highlight NFTs and explore Web 3.0 as we move from pure speculation to creating real-world value. Have you ever heard the saying that you have to break eggs to make an omelet? Now, that's something that is said very regularly, but a lot of people don't even really take the time to understand what that means. In order to make something beautiful like an omelet, you have that wonderful breakfast that you can enjoy, you have to actually crack the egg. You have to make that mess. You have to destroy something or break something. And in the case of when you're early adopting into a space, there is going to be a lot of messes. Things are going to be tested. Things are going to be broken. But in the end, as we march forward, we're going to get to that beautiful omelet, that wonderful breakfast that everyone can enjoy. Nobody really looks back and think about all the mess that was in the kitchen in the process of making the breakfast. They sit down at the table and they enjoy that breakfast together. That's what they really focus on and that's what they remember. Most of the people that are in this space, whether we're creating content or we're just speaking to other people about it, we like to say that we're very early. We're in the early stages. But even those of us that regularly say it, I don't think we fully realize or grasp how early we are. And being able to give this example, I'm going to paint the bigger picture, if you will. Depending what source you look at or reference, it could be anywhere between 2 million and 10 million people that actually have owned their very first NFT. So that is very small, a small fraction of the population that's even on Twitter. And even in that, there is a small fraction of the population that's in crypto. And then in that crypto, it's segmented down even more into the NFT Twitter. So it is very segmented, very small, but 10 million people is the max number. That's the largest number that I've seen so far of the number of people that own NFTs, considering that the population of this planet is over 7 billion people. When you work that out on a percentage basis, that is 0.001% of the population. And a lot of people aren't very good at percentages, so I'll give you a better analogy as to explain how small of a percent that is. Think about how many people do you know that currently use dial-up? Or better yet, how many people do you know that have connected to the internet within the last 10 years on dial-up? Some people might not even be familiar as to what dial-up internet is, so I'll have to explain it for those of us who are younger than us that grew up in the 90s and the uh, early 2000s. Dial-up was this thing where you'd run a phone line to your PC and it would sound like a fax machine. It would make this horrible screeching sound and that is how you'd connect. you dial a phone number and if someone had to make a phone call, particularly your mother, in my case, as soon as you connect, you get a whole bunch of busy signals, you finally connect and then you have to sign off because she has to make a phone call. In the case of dial-up intranet, most people don't even know what that is. Any generation that is really younger than my generation. But as late as 2019, 1.9% of the U.S. population was on dial-up internet. Just think about that for a minute. 0.001% of people in the entire world have an NFT. However, in the most industrialized country, most advanced technological country where all of this internet stuff is really coming out of, 1.9% of the population as late as 2019 was on dial-up internet. When the majority of people right now don't even remember or recall what dial-up internet is, and I guarantee you if you have children that are anything younger than, say, 20 years old, maybe even younger than that. They have no idea what dial-up internet is. So let's just put this whole thing into perspective, and I'll just give you a little bit of internet history as far as how I came into this whole internet space and how things were being broken, and I'll connect it to this whole NFT space, Web3, where we are currently, 
and hopefully this will give you a better picture because a lot of people are getting either very discouraged thinking that there's a lot of scammers in the space or they're getting impatient that these projects are just doing all sorts of things that are failing or falling flat. And generally speaking, the NFT community is incredibly positive. However, there are some people that don't really do their research, don't do their due diligence, haven't been researching the stuff and uh, spending time in the space to really understand where we're going or where we're coming from. They're coming into the thing just looking to get rich quick and they're getting very discouraged. And in many cases, they blacklist everything in this whole arena as being a big scam or a pyramid scheme or whatever. And I've addressed that a little bit. However, again, I just think it's important for all of us that actually know what's going on in this space to be able to address this. So rewinding, let's go back to the year 2000, 2001, fresh off of dial-up internet and everything. And I am in the space getting ready to launch my very first website. I'm in high school, my freshman year. My friend introduced me to eBay. I could not believe that you can sell things on eBay, which is basically the old school open sea, if you will of, of real things not nfts and i'm listing all sorts of my friends junks all sorts of things that i'm finding and there was a video game system at the time called sega dreamcast you can google it look it up or maybe i'll just leave a link to uh, the wikipedia page so you can actually see that system was absolutely amazing groundbreaking but it failed needless to say I had one of those. I thought it was the most amazing thing ever. Come on eBay and I see that they're selling games for ridiculously cheap prices. This is right around the time when they were discontinuing the system. It was very short-lived. Anyways, I see that they were selling for much less than what they're selling for in the local video game shops, even though they were discounting what have you. So I said, okay, great. I can launch this brand new business. I found an arbitrage. Arbitrage means that you found a source that you can get it for very cheap and you can just mark it up a little bit and you can make a profit by splitting the difference. Okay. I launched my first e-commerce website. Uh, this is back in the day when Yahoo had this thing called GeoCities, which was a very easy tool to make websites. Now, during this time, websites were absolutely horrendous, but we thought it was the greatest things in the world. It usually had a black background. There were these macros, these scrolling, flashing images. It was absolutely horrible. When you loaded up a web page, it automatically started playing this cheesy, like um, 1980s music. It sounded it just absolutely horrible. However, we thought it was the greatest thing in the world scrolling text, flashing emojis, and all these different things. And this was supposed to be a professional website, right? This is the world that we were living in the late 90s, early 2000s. So I launched this wonderful thing and I'm selling Sega Dreamcast games. The money's coming in, I'm getting the orders and then I'm sending it out. This is all via PayPal. PayPal had just launched and this is when Elon Musk was still in PayPal and not trying to get to Mars and all this stuff. This was the glory days of the internet. So here we go. Now I have my little business up and running. However, a huge problem came about. Although I'm getting the order and I'm paying that supplier to ship them out and fulfill them for me so I could make that uh, little few dollars in the middle. And again, when I'm ninth grade, making two, three, four bucks on a transaction, that is a lot of money to me. Because at the time, if I'm not mistaken, minimum wage, if you worked at uh, the Burger King or McDonald's or something, it was like four fifty, five bucks, somewhere in that range. So making a transaction, making two, three dollars as a ninth grader, it was just absolutely absolutely amazing. Here's the big problem. The supplier that I was working with never fulfilled my orders. And within a week, I was out of business because I had all these angry customers. I sent out the money to have these uh, supplies or these games supplied. And within a week, I went from being this excited ninth grader who thought I was going to be this online billionaire to basically out of business. I was bankrupt before I even could really <laughs> get the thing rolling. So I was very discouraged. And of course, I shut down my website and everything. Now everyone's labeling me thinking, 
thinking that I'm some sort of scammer and I ran off with people's money. I'm apologizing. I'm literally trying my best to fulfill customer service. However, as a teenage guy living in my bedroom on my dial-up internet, all the money was gone to the suppliers to supply that goods, and they weren't even responding to my emails, phone calls, and nothing. There was nothing I could possibly do. So I just had a bunch of angry customers and no business left. Now, fast forward to 2022, where we currently are, with these NFT projects, they're being launched. I opened this whole thing up by saying to make an omelet, you have to break some eggs. Since we are early in this space, we're the ones that are testing this stuff out. That is why a lot of eggs are being broken at this point. There are, of course, the bored apes, the crypto punks, and those that are, quote unquote, going to the moon. However, even those are in their infancy, right? A lot of these projects are falling flat on their face. They're being labeled as scammers. And I'm not speaking about the people who are legitimate scammers who are just wrongdoers and just really... Um, um, filth. I, I won't even shine any light on them. They're just horrible actors in the space and anything, in any business, any uh, area of life. There's going to be those people. But I'm speaking about the people that have legitimate intentions and they're trying to launch legitimate projects and businesses and really do right by their customers. Now, those projects that are falling flat on their face, those people that might have came in and that was their first experience, what are they going to do? They're going to be so discouraged. They're going to spread bad news. Rewinding back to when I was running my little website, ninth grade kid thought it was the greatest thing in the world. I was trying to run a 100% ethical business and it failed. Now, I told you that during this time, eBay, everything, all of this stuff was brand new. Those people that ordered from me, and said, wow, I just got scammed. This guy who's now claiming to be a, what was I, 13, 14-year-old child, and he's out of his money, and he can't refund me and all this stuff. This must be the biggest scam in the world. This is absolutely ridiculous. I'm never purchasing anything ever uh, online ever again. And those people might have went back to shopping at Sears and uh, Kmart and, and those places, and maybe it was another 10 years before they ever tried to purchase something online because that experience was so bad. However, those of us that were in the space that were forging along just basically cracking those eggs taking those battle wounds and scars and learning from it and building on it those people were the ones that really stuck around and really benefited from the rise of things and no i never reached the elon musk level of things or the jeff bezos level of things but i just stayed in it i was plugging along i was taking my losses here and there i was learning and i was building by the time i was in college and everything i had different websites and i had all sorts of things i had my own business i was doing logos and just all sorts of stuff this is not a bio about me. But anyways, I'm saying all of this to just highlight the fact that the longer that we spend in the space, the better that we're going to be able to understand this stuff, just knowing that things are going to break, we're going to make mistakes. And those people that have the best of intentions, even they can fail. But here's the thing. Although people will be burned, it's just looking at the long run, the big picture of things, because I was there for web one, web two, and now we're going to this whole web three thing, and it's always the same thing. The early adopters, they're the ones who take all the beatings and everything, and we learn from that and build from that who's persistent, and you are very early. A lot of us might feel that when we're seeing all of these huge things and valuations just go to the moon, and people are learning all sorts of different things, and we're saying, wow, I can't even keep pace, but that is not the case at all. 
all. We're all learning in the space and everything that we do this point is just building forward. And yes, there are going to be some major projects come out of this during that whole time with all this stuff being broken. Those when Amazons, the Googles of the world, a lot of these companies came out during that time. And of course, during this time when we're early, some of these are going to go forward and be some of the most amazing projects and developments that actually come out, whether it is that they're developing software on the back of these NFTs or some business to business applications, whatever it might be, intellectual properties that actually go on to have massive video games and movies and who knows where this is actually going. But all of these things are being set in the motion right now and many of them will fall flat. Just a couple more examples of uh, different areas where these early things that were just way ahead of their time actually fell flat. In the beginning of this whole thing, I mentioned Sega Dreamcast. Sega Dreamcast was actually an online video game system. You can plug that in and you can play the 2K video games online via the internet. And that was way before Xbox and Sony was doing that. And you can even go even further back to the Sega Genesis had this thing called Sega Channel, where you screw your cable line into this uh, modem that you plugged in as a cartridge. And it was a subscription service to play video games. This is so ahead of its time. And of course, those things never really caught on. Sega Dreamcast failed. But even more recently, there was this video game system that I actually signed up to be a beta tester for. And this was actually the second video game beta testing that I was supposed to be in. I was one of the original Xbox Live uh, beta testers, and we got to break all the stuff and test all the stuff. And that's a different thing to self. But I got into a beta testing for this system called OnLive way ahead of its time. Basically, it was cloud gaming system. You'd buy the controller, and then you would sync it up through whatever device that you already had, your PC, your TV, all these different things. And you'd run it without any hardware hardware besides the controller itself. And this whole system was supposed to be the games are up in the cloud and you just have a monthly subscription. Just an amazing thing. This came out in 2009. It failed by 2012. Everything went just defunct and it was valued at $1.8 billion at a time. However, everything was sold for about less than $5 million to who else? Sony. They got all their patents and all the IP, everything that they developed. And of course, they're going to throw that into their PlayStation division. The only reason why I didn't get the system, honestly, is because you had to buy all the hardware up front or get into it with an initial investment. And at the time, I was absolutely broke. <laughs> I did not have the money to uh, invest into video games. And that's the only reason why I didn't buy it. However, I would have been one of those people that was sitting there with a obsolete system that had no value whatsoever, just some hardware that I could possibly post on Instagram or something that I could show. So I said all of that to say this. Does that mean the technology was broken? No. It was ahead of its time. And now that same cloud computing is what we're seeing Apple do. We're seeing Microsoft do it, Sony doing it, and all of this with these games. And this thing was just a little bit ahead of its time. And it did not have the runway, the, the bankroll or whatever to sustain itself. And now the whole world has caught up to its vision. And tying all this in, going back to NFTs. So some of these projects, I know for a fact that they have softwares that they're promising. And the software is there, such as uh, Giraffe Towers and... I've heard of uh, different games and utilizations and tokens for just multiple projects and everyone's starting to roll out their thing. And a lot of these are going to fail. And it stinks to say that, but as early investors, early adopters coming into the space, that is sort of the risk that we're taking upon ourselves. As companies are figuring this stuff out, again, the whole market size of just maximum using that high estimate, 10 million people 
compared to the 7 point whatever almost 8 billion people in the world that is a very small market that these companies and projects and creators are in the space trying to figure this stuff out because when the crowd shows up I guarantee you one thing you're going to be so far ahead if you just stick with it even if you're not investing even if you're just listening to these uh, podcasts you're watching this stuff on YouTube you're reading these blogs and maybe you just have your one NFT or no NFTs and you're just watching the space because not everyone has to to shell money into the space. Not everyone has to assume the risk and test all of this stuff out. I happen to be one of the people that really get my kicks from doing this stuff, the beta testing and all these different things. And I really love just being on the cutting edge of technology and all these different things. And at the end of the day, most people do not have the stomach for that kind of thing. That's why they show up as later in this life cycle of technology. This is going into like whole marketing and arcs and all sorts of stuff. There are the innovators, the early adopters, and then there's the, the period of the time when basically the crowd shows up. I forget what it's called off the top of my head, but that's when the arc is at, at its peak. And then there's the declining stage, such as if we're going to talk about with dial-up internet, early in the days when AOL was sending out all those disks and free trials and stuff, it was speeding up. And then it hit that mask market. Everyone was already in it. Then there was the decline. Everyone's getting out of dial-up and they're going into cable and DSL and satellite and all these different things, high-speed internet. And there's the decline. And up to 2019, there was still 1.9% of the US population still on that dial-up. So those are the people that are just chugging along. They're in it. They're late. And the party's already over, but that's when they're there. Anyways, I think that is a great place to just land this because I started there and now I will end there. And I'd love to know exactly how much skin do you have in this game? And I'm not talking about how much like dollars or anything or tell me how many NFTs you have. I would just love to know, are you someone that's just doing your research? Are you someone that's actually buying this stuff? Or are you someone that is actually building in the space? You're actually launching a project or an NFT collection or whatever it might be. I would love to hear where you are on this journey. Please share it to me over at Trap vibes on twitter and as usual thank you for listening i value your time and i'm so excited that you spend it with me as we're building and growing web3 together so i'll see you in the next one later the nifty business show is not investment advice it provides insights and information within the space as with anything please do your own research before making a decision whether you're making an investment or a purchase